Merry Christmas to all of you. We are so glad that you're here with us today. And this is always fun for me because we, you know, you know, we uh, broadcast this service live over Facebook Live. And uh, we, I always get to find out who is watching from all over the place. And we have people from Norway watching this morning, Burkina Faso, France, Spain. So hey, y'all out there. Say hey, say hey, everyone. Everybody all over the place. It's been a fun morning already, and we're so glad that you're with us here today. You know, uh, like most of you, uh, we get a lot of Christmas cards in our home, and um, I always enjoy opening them up and reading letters and looking at how everybody's kids have grown up. And, but one of the things that I've noticed over the years is that uh, Christmas card companies try to modernize the Christmas story. We try to, you know, bring it into whatever year it is. And, and, and we really try to normalize the nativity scene. Uh, and I want to show you a couple examples uh, of, of what I'm talking about here, like, like this one right here. I mean, it's, it's normal. You wouldn't even think anything different. You, you, got, you got Mary, Joseph, baby Jesus, you got some sheep. But who in the world invited Gandalf and uh, Bilbo Baggins into the story? You know, because... How'd they get there? Um, and, then, and, then, and then this one here, um, how did these kids from the 50s get in that uh, deal? It's like, I don't know if you grew up with Sally, Dick, and Jane, but I did, and that looks like they're there. And then they brought their dog with the Santa hat, and they're right at the bottom there. Uh, and then um, our creative arts team loves this one. Uh, it's like these angels are fighting over the spotlight. No, put it on Mary. No, put it on Jesus. Put it on Mary. Put it on um, I know that there's a lot of Irish folks who are really proud of your heritage. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, there's some Irish in me, uh, but wouldn't you say this is a bit too much? Instead of wise men, we have leprechauns. You know, we've got one bringing a pot of gold, and it looks like Joseph has a, a bottle of Hennessy in his, in his hand, or, or Jameson, or whatever they drink over there. I, I don't know. Um, and, then, and then this is the, like... I, do y'all ever do the Olin Mills thing when they're growing up, you know, they have a fake background. I mean, and, and so this is kind of like, I, I saw this, I mean, this is kind of like Olin Mills, Jesus, you know, and ladies, how many of y'all really look that good after giving birth? <laughs> I mean, it's just a bit much. I mean, but here's the thing. We, we try so desperately to normalize the nativity, the birth of Jesus. But to be honest with you, there's really nothing normal about the birth of Jesus, and in the book of Matthew, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, in chapter 1, it records the whole event. Um, in verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, Matthew tells us that this young couple, Mary and Joseph, they were betrothed to be married. Now, to betroth to someone was much greater, it was a much greater commitment than engagement. Today, if you're engaged to someone and you don't want to be engaged any longer, you can just call it off. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you're three months from getting married. Been there. Um, it doesn't matter if you're 28 days from getting married. Been there. Um, you can call it off, and guys, I want to tell you something. You can get your ring back, all right? And you and and, and everybody get, goes on with their lives, and uh, you marry better. But but back in the day, this is Facebook Live. Back in the day, uh, a, a betrothal 
wasn't that simple. If you were betrothed to somebody, there was a legal aspect to it, which meant that you actually had to go through a legal divorce. There was a legal divorce process that took place. So Joseph and Mary, you need to know, they were deeply committed to each other. They were well into the wedding planning. But we find out from Matthew that before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Now, I know we have a lot of kids in the room. We always do during our Christmas services. And so I'm not going to go into further detail here, but, but you understand what's happening here, right? If, if not, just go along with it or ask your neighbor later or ask your spouse, okay? But before the two came together, Mary was found to be with child. In other words, she was pregnant. And in verse 20, it says, but as he, Joseph, considered these things. Now, obviously, there was a conversation that took place between Joseph and Mary because Joseph is considering these things over and who wouldn't? Now, we don't know exactly what they, what they talked about. There's not a, a record of this conversation, but we, we can all imagine how things may have played out, right? I mean, think of, how, think of how Mary may have started this conversation off. Now, Joseph, I don't want you to be mad at me, but we need to talk. Now, guys, when your woman starts off a conversation like that, you know that things are about to get intense, right? And that, you know things are, could be get, getting really bad here. But Mary breaks the news to, to Joseph. She says, um, Joey, and now I don't know if she really called him that, but kind of softens things, right? Joey, I, I don't know how to tell you this, but, but I'm pregnant. But here's the good news. I'm not pregnant with another man's baby. God did this. Now, guys, stay with me for just a moment here, okay? Think about what must have been going through Joseph's mind. Mary's done lost her mind now. Or they just legalized marijuana here in Nazareth. I don't, I don't know what's happening here. Because Joseph knows what all of us know. If a woman gets pregnant, a man has to be involved. So he decides to divorce her. Now that may seem kind of cold to some of you, but think about this for a moment. Mary's telling Joseph that she's pregnant and, and not by him and not by another man. This is but by God. Now, if I'm Joseph's dad, and dad's, just so you know, this is where you step into the story. I'm going to have a talk with, with young Joseph. This is where you have to engage. And, here, and the conversation might go something like this. Son, I know you love Mary, but she's not right. I mean, you're getting ready to spend the rest of your life with, with crazy over here. I think it's time to tap out. All right? Let her, let her keep the ring. Now, here's what I appreciate about Joseph. The Bible says he decided to do the whole thing quietly. He didn't shame Mary. He didn't trash Mary publicly on social media. Honestly, ancient Jewish law gave Joseph the right to have Mary killed for being an, an adulteress. But he didn't do any of those things. Instead, he showed her compassion. Verse 20 says, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Now, have you ever had a dream that is so real and the message of the dream is just so powerful that you just knew that God had to be involved in the dream? It has only happened to me a couple times in my life, but I'll tell you, I've never forgotten it. That's the kind of dream that Joseph's having here. As Joseph is making plans to quietly divorce Mary, God sends an angel to appear to Joseph in a dream. The angel comes to Joseph and he uh, comes to 
do three things, to make an announcement, to give him instructions, and to give an explanation. And here's, here's the announcement. This was the announcement. Joseph, the Holy Spirit did this. God did this. Joseph, as crazy as this sounds, Mary's actually telling you the truth. The Holy Spirit is responsible for Mary being pregnant. Now, I want to give you a biblical principle that was true then, and it is still true today. With God, all things are possible. Okay? With God, impossibilities become possibilities. It is humanly impossible for a virgin girl to become pregnant. We all know that. But God has the ability to operate outside of the realm of human possibilities. He's been doing it since the beginning of time. And here's some good news for all of us today. Many of you have walked into this service this morning with certain impossibilities staring you in the face. You're, you're looking at your life, maybe you're looking at your circumstances, or, or you're, you're saying to yourself, this situation that I am currently in is impossible. This problem will never be fixed. I will never be free from this pain. I will never be set free from addiction. I'm going to struggle with fear for the rest of my life. I don't know how I'm going to let go of this anger or this resentment or this person in my life is never going to change. This relationship that I'm in is beyond repair. I will never know joy. I will never know peace again. It's just not going to happen. Or I will never be healed. It's just not going to happen. It is not possible for things to be different for me. And if that's you today, Today, I would say to you that humanly speaking, you are probably right. Your situation is impossible. Things will probably stay the same. You will continue to deal with the same issues, the same struggles, the same feelings, the same emotions, and, and you will continue to walk into discouragement and to defeat and despair. But I want you to know it doesn't have to be that way. Because when God's in the mix, what seems impossible to you now becomes possible. What may be impossible to you is possible when God's in the mix. He can change the unchangeable. He can restore what seems to be broken and beyond repair in your life. And I want you to know God did this for God did this here. God did this, Joseph. I want you to know the impossible has just become possible. The, that's, that's what's happening here. That's the announcement. Secondly, the angel gives Joseph the instruction. He says, Joseph, go ahead, marry the girl. Don't worry about what others are going to say here. Don't worry about what it looks like to other people. Marry her. Take Mary to be your wife because she is going to have a son, and you will name that son Jesus. Now, we know that the name Jesus has great significance. In the, in the Hebrew, it's, it's actually Yeshua, which means God saves. In, in ancient Hebrew culture, this name became common. People would name their sons Jesus as a hopeful reminder of God's promise that one day he would send a savior, he would send a Messiah into the world. So this name was perfect for this new child, Jesus, Yeshua, God saves. Now, this understanding of this name allowed the angel to give Joseph an explanation of what was going on here. And the explanation was, he will save the people from their sins. Now, I want to step away from the Christmas story for just a moment and I want to answer two questions. First of all, what does it mean to be saved from our sins? What does that mean? And the second question is, if we're being saved from our sins, how is that happening? Well, I want to put three words on the screen right, right now that, that will help me answer these questions. Okay? 
The word penalty, think about past tense. The word power, think present tense. The word presence, thinks, think about future tense. According to the Bible, Jesus has saved us from the penalty of sin, past tense. Now, what is the penalty of sin? The penalty of sin is death, both physical and spiritual death. We all know that every one of us is going to physically die one day. Nobody escapes that. But what we may not know is what happens after we die. We, we, we may not be assured of, in our minds of what's going to happen there. But the Bible teaches that apart from Jesus, spiritual death will take place after physical death. And contrary to popular belief, not everyone who dies ends up in a better place. Only those who are saved from the penalty of, of sin, only those can, will actually end up in a better place. Next, Jesus is saving us from the power of sin. That's present tense. At the very moment that you place your faith alone in Jesus Christ to be your savior, there's a process that begins in your life that doesn't end until you see Jesus face to face. The Holy Spirit begins a work in your life and he, he begins to change you. He is transforming you. He's strengthening you. He's molding you. He's, he's, he's freeing you from sin and the struggles that have power over your life so that you can become a brand new person, the person that God actually had in mind when he decided to create you before the beginning of time. The Bible says you that you, we, we were created in the image of God. Since, since Jesus was God in the flesh, the goal now is to help you to become more and more like Jesus every single day. And then finally, Jesus will save us from the presence of sin. That, that, that's future tense. Now, no one here in this room yet has experienced this because we're all still here, right? But here's the promise. One day in the future, God will bring those who have been saved from the penalty of sin out of this world to be with him in his his eternal kingdom. And on that day, we will have a glorified, sinless, perfect body like Jesus. We will become as he is. We will never again struggle with sin. We will never again deal with sickness or disease. We're never going to have to deal with pain again. And we will never have to face the fear of death again. Because in heaven, God's kingdom, those things are no more. For the rest of eternity, we'll experience life the way that God originally intended for things to be. Now, I know that most of you don't, you don't know this, but just in the last two months here at Westridge, we have dealt with, in some capacity, 16 different funerals. Never in our history has, have, have we had things like that. And I, I've heard other things over the past few days uh, just even again this morning that it's just been, oh, you're kidding me. It has been, I'm not kidding, it has been a heavy, heavy season. As you, as you know, if you were here last week, uh, one of our church planners who's a dear friend of mine who pastors Grace Point up here on, uh, in North Paulding, Lee Mabry passed away after a year-long battle with cancer. It was, we did his funeral here this past week. It was very, very heavy, very difficult. One of, our, one of our, our men, a prayer warrior for many years in this church, Bill West, just went to be with the Lord this past week as well. Um, we've had some really tough situations. We're praying for a young mom with a seven-year-old little girl and she passed away. Monique Clark. It's been, it's been a heavy season. And I gotta tell you, with, with each funeral uh, I do of a friend or somebody here at Westridge, heaven just feels a little closer to me, a little sweeter to me. Quite honestly, I, the older I get, it just feels a little bit more like home. And I'm not quite ready to be there yet, by the way, but I know this. 
For those who have received God's gift of salvation from the penalty of sin, and for those who know Jesus Christ as Savior, the future looks really bright. Looks really bright. So, we've been saved from the penalty of sin. We've been saved from the power of sin and the presence of sin. But all that begs this question. How does Jesus do that? How does he do that? How has he saved us? How is he saving us? And how will he save us from our sins? Well, let's go back to the Christmas story because the Christmas story actually answers the question. Verse 22, Matthew says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken to the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The Christmas story is a fulfillment of a promise that God made to his people many, many years ago. 700 years before the birth of Jesus actually took place, God made a very specific promise in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, that one day he would send a Savior into the world. And that promise stated that a Savior would be born of a virgin and that his name would be Emmanuel, which means a God with us. Now, that may seem confusing to some of you. And here's why. Because think about this. The angel of the Lord came to Joseph and said, you're going to name the baby Jesus. But the prophet Isaiah says, no, his name's going to be Emmanuel. Well, which one is it? Is it is, is he Jesus or is he Emmanuel? Which one is he? Well, he's both. The name Jesus speaks to what he does. He saves. The name Emmanuel speaks to who he is. And who is he? He is the God who is with us. And listen, this is huge because this claim about Jesus sets Christianity apart from every other religion or belief system in the world. You're going to hear in culture... The culture promotes, and to this day, promotes the idea that all religions worship the same God. But that's just not true. Because no other religion outside of Christianity teaches or believes that Jesus is actually the son of God. They may teach that he was a prophet or a, or a, a moral leader or a strong teacher with a lot of authority. But as Christians, we believe that he was God before he was any of those things. And besides that, no other religion teaches or believes that God was with us, that God came to be with us. Instead, they teach that, that it is our job to work our way to him. That's, that's what they believe. They don't believe that salvation is a gift of grace that can only be received by faith. They believe you have to work to receive God's forgiveness and, and salvation from sin. I mean, think about, it, think about it this way for just a moment, okay? Imagine God being on top of a mountain. Every religion in the world except Christianity claims that there are different paths that lead up that mountain to God. And if you'll just get on a path, if you'll just get on a path and work hard enough and follow the right rules and be good enough, you can climb your way up the mountain to God. But Christianity teaches that there are no paths that lead up the mountain to God. You can't work hard enough. You can't follow enough rules. You can't, we can't be good enough to climb our way to him. You're just not gonna get there. So over 2,000 years ago, God in his great love for us wrapped himself up in flesh and came down off that mountain to be with us. And why did he do that? Well, this is where who Jesus is begins to merge with what Jesus does. God came to be with us to save us. 
God came to be with us to save us. God knew that we could never save ourselves from the penalty and the power or the presence of sin. So he came to eternity to do for us what was humanly impossible. And that's the message of Christmas. That's the message of Christmas. God came to earth and dwelt among us so that he could save us when we could not save ourselves. God made the impossible become possible. God came to live with us so that we could live with him. And not only that, but when he came to live among us, he chose to become like us, to become a man. You say, why, why, why would he do that? Well, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 tells us that he did it so that he could experience and face all of the same things that we experience in faith, face, so that he could empathize with our weaknesses. You see, Jesus faced the same struggles and challenges that you face in your life right now. The only difference is he did, he did it without, without sinning. Which means that in Jesus, we not only have a Savior who understands what we're going through, but he's able to help us get through it. He not only lived the life that we live, but he lived the life that we can't live. He lived, he, he lived a sinless, perfect life. There is no one in this room that could, could argue intelligently that they are perfect. I mean, that would be foolish, right? We all, we all know that we're not perfect. But Jesus was, he was perfect, and that allowed him to die the death that we deserved. He went to the cross, and he suffered the penalty of sin. And so everything, everything we owe to God, Jesus paid on our behalf. Jesus took every bit of punishment on our behalf. He literally went through hell on the cross so that we would not have to. And then three days later, Jesus rose from the dead, conquering sin and death and hell for us so that now in him, we can experience new life. We can experience eternal life and be saved from the power and the presence of sin. And some of you, some of you need to do that today. You need that today, don't you? Some of you feel defeated by human impossibilities and you have done everything you know to do to fix your life. You've tried to change your circumstances. You've tried to, to find peace and joy and happiness and, home and, and hope, but nothing's working for you. And here's why. Here's why it's not working. Because nothing you try or no one you turn to is going to work outside of Jesus. And if it does, trust me, it's only temporary. It, it, it's not going to deliver what you need long term. Only the one who came to be with us so that he could save us can fix a broken life. Only the one who came to be with us so that he could save us can change impossible circumstances and bring real lasting peace and joy and hope into our lives. And you can turn to him today and receive the salvation that you so desperately need in your life. That's why that's the message of Christmas. Now, before I address that a bit further, I, I want to say something to you who are in the room. Maybe you've been out of church for a long time and maybe uh, you've been struggling for whatever reason. You know Jesus as your Savior. In other words, you, you know that he saved you. you. You have received his forgiveness by putting your faith and your trust in him alone. He has saved you from your past and, and you have put your hope in him alone because you want assurance for your future in eternity. You, you want to know that you're with, with God in heaven one day. But today, for whatever reason, you're not relying on him to give you the power over present sins. You've not been relying on him for strength and peace and, and joy and victory over fear or stress 
power over addictions or, or courage to maybe forgive someone or, or you've, you've been struggling to have faith to make decisions. Listen, Emmanuel doesn't mean that God was with us over 2,000 years ago and that he'll be with us uh, in all of eternity. It also means that he is here with us right now. The book of Matthew, which is the biography of Jesus, opens with these words. Behold, Emmanuel, God with us. And it closes with Jesus saying these words. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In other words, Jesus reinforced who he is. He's Emmanuel, God with us. That means he can, that, he, that, he, that he promises to walk very intimately with us every single moment of every single day. He is with us daily to give us power over sin. He is with us daily to forgive. He is with us daily to strengthen when we feel weak. He's with us to defend us when we feel attacked, with us to guide us and lead us when we feel lost, with us in joy, with us in sickness, with us in health, with us all times and with us as we go into eternity. He's the one. He's the one that never leaves us. He's the one that that never turns his back on us or or walks out on us. He is with us. So if you have trusted him with your past and you are putting your hope in him for the future, then why why don't you trust him right now with your present? Trust him to give you power over present sins. For some of you, that means come on back. Come on back. He's never left you. You may feel like you've left him, but he's not left you. And if you have maybe walked away, listen, I want you to know he's still been with you as you've walked away. And he's brought you here today to remind you that it's okay to come back home. He's been waiting for you with open arms. Confess your sins to him and start walking with him again. Maybe you're here today and you're you're a Christian, but you've been going through it. You're trying to walk with God intimately, but I mean, honestly, Christmas is just tough for you. You, You're struggling to believe that God's with you right now because maybe you've been wounded. Maybe you're in pain right now, or maybe you're grieving. Uh, Maybe uh, this past year you've lost someone that was very close to you, or or maybe you're dealing with someone right now who's who's sick, and so there's just been a heaviness over you. And and quite honestly, I mean, there's several of us on our staff here at Western. We've, We've felt that heaviness with you I want you to know his presence his presence is here even though even though it may seem very distant at this moment but you need maybe maybe today you're you're here and you you need some encouragement you you need to be loved on a bit you just need your faith restored back in September I was watching a college football game on Saturday and they during halftime they 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 showed a story which I love when they do this they showed a story of a a young man by the name of Tyler Trent, who uh, I believe lives in Indiana. He's a huge Purdue Boilermaker football fan. And since 2014, he's been struggling with, uh, with cancer and, and it's just obviously been progressing. And, and they just did a story on, the, the, they've been following him actually all year long. And, um, and then I watched uh, a little while after that, they, they showed another one where he was, um, uh, he's become an honorary captain for the P- Purdue football team. And his big, his big dream was that God would let him live long enough so that he could um, go to the Purdue-Ohio State game. And quite honestly, I believe that it was his presence, uh, you know, just inspiring the uh, Purdue football team to do what they needed to do, which was to beat Ohio State, which is, to me, a big deal. All right. 
But this past week, so I, I followed him on Twitter, and this past week I've been, I've, I've been praying uh, literally every day. Lord, I don't know how to end this sermon. I don't know how to end this sermon. I don't, I'm just, would you give me something? And on Twitter yesterday, I saw this video. And we reached out to the pastor and the company that made this, and they gave us permission to show it. And I want you to watch this inspiring story of Tyler Trent because it just fits right into what we're talking about here today. such an inspiration to so many people. I mean, I know you know that, but just the strength you have is incredible. You have strength that most people don't have. And I wanted to find out where does that strength come from? Where do you find the motivation and ability to, to power through what you've been through? Yeah, no, all my strength comes from my faith in Jesus Christ. That's incredible. I, you know, I don't know that I could have that kind of strength and faith like you do and I think it's a real inspiration to people during Christmas time that need hope like that. Christmas time is about when we celebrate that God's with us. He was born into the world, that He cared enough about us. He didn't give up on us even though we rebelled against Him. So how could you say after everything you've been through, battling cancer this long, struggling through what you've had to struggle through, how could you still say that God is with you even in these hard times? Yeah, I know that there's still light at the end of the tunnel. Um, he still blessed me through everything I, that I've been through. Harder than even. That's incredible. To look at your life and say, God has blessed you with all the things that you've been through, the good and the bad. And I mean, that's just encouraging to me. And the reality is that your daily life, these last couple of months being all over television is probably the day-to-day -day life has been really difficult and hard I'm sure how is God in those moments in those hard moments what's it look like for God to be present with you guys yeah, like put a water every single day it's like gambling you never know I know like when I woke up this morning how how it's gonna feel and you praise God in both, man. Exactly. And so what, you know, Christmas time, we're filming this just a little bit before Christmas. How could you encourage anyone out there that might see this about how to find hope this Christmas and the things that they're facing in their life? Um, just find out where your faith lies and rely in that, um, yeah, I don't know where it lies. Um, wherever it may be, I always go back to First Thessalonians 5, 6, and 18. Yeah, rejoice always. Give thanks in all circumstances for this the will of God and Christ Jesus to you. 
at Christmas time for you to be able to face all this and say that you put your faith in Jesus. It's an inspiration, and I, I hope that people who watch this get to see the impact that God has used you to make in this world, and He could do that for so many more people. And so, just thank you, man, on behalf of you know millions of Americans. Thank you that you're willing to speak up and and, and live your faith out in that way, and, and this, to have that kind of courage and strength. Trent and the Trent family and this community of believers that are walking through this uh, story with him. But man, what an encouragement to all of us today. I, I don't know about you, but I needed to see that yesterday. I needed it today as well. Now, I don't want to take for granted that, that every one of us in this room knows exactly how the Christmas story ends here, but I, w- I want to just read what happened to Joseph after he woke up from this dream. Matthew says, when Jesus woke up from, or excuse me, when Joseph woke up from sleep, He did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Named him Jesus, the God who saves. But you need to know here today that he also goes by another name. He goes by the name Emmanuel, the God who is with us. He is the God who came to be with us to save us today he's here he's in our presence he promised he would be and he he wants to save you he wants to make the impossible become possible in your life and if you are spiritually lost he wants to rescue you doesn't matter how you walked in here today doesn't matter what you've done he wants to save you from the penalty of sin spiritual spiritual death he, he's with he's with you right now to offer you forgiveness he, he offers you spiritual life doesn't matter at this moment what you're currently into, how deep it is, how, how bad you think you may be, what you look like. He wants to save you from the present power of sin. He can change you. He can transform your life. He can do what no one else can do. He is with us right now to offer you strength, to offer you his power. And I'm not sure what, 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 what you believed about eternity or what you believed about heaven before you walked into this place today, but I want you to know that Jesus came to save you from a, a future of being eternally separated from him in a very real place called hell. He's with us right now with an invitation just for you to spend eternity in his presence. In his great love for you, God sent Jesus to live with us so that we could live with him. So my, my questions for you today is, will you receive him into your life by faith? Will you ask him to forgive you of your sins? Will you believe in your heart that he is the Savior, the Messiah, the Son of God? And will you put your faith and your trust in him alone to save you? You can do this. You can do this at this very moment. Would you bow your head for just a moment, please? Everyone in the room, if you're here today and, and, and you've never 
put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ to save you from the penalty of sin, from the power of sin, from the presence of sin, past, present, future. He offers that today for you. He is the God who is with us, who came to save us. That's the message. And it's a message just for you today. And if that's where you are, it's who you are, you need this. You need this in your life. Would you pray with me right now? It's not a magical prayer, but God knows what's happening in your heart at this very moment. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, at this moment, very moment, I put my faith and my trust in you alone. What Jesus did for me on the cross was enough to pay for my sins. And so, Lord, I receive salvation into my life. It's grace I don't deserve, but I, Lord, I put my faith in you. What Jesus did on the cross was enough. I need forgiveness from past, the penalty of sin. Lord, I need power right now over sin, present. Lord, I want to know that I will have victory over the presence of sin in the future, in eternity. Lord, I want that right now. And so I say yes to Jesus. I can't work for this. I, I realize that now. It's only by believing and putting my faith in Jesus. And so today, that's the decision that I make. Thank you, Jesus, for doing for me what I could never do on my own. And I say, yes, I receive it. Now, would you look at me for just a moment, all of you? I want to do something that we've been doing here the last year, and I'm just going to tell you this works. I know it's a little bit unconventional for some of you, but uh, it is so important to us that, that, that we know that you made that decision because we want to come alongside of you and help you to take your next step. It is just so important. Uh, we want you to, 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 to take that decision and grow from it. God wants that in your life, to become a disciple of Jesus. So here's what I want to ask you to do. If you just prayed with me just now, okay, I want you to get out your phone. I don't care if it's a smartphone, a flip phone, or what. I don't, a, a tablet, and I want you to text the word follow to 77453, okay? We had, uh, the number keeps growing. We had more than eight people that did this in the last service. We want to follow up with you. We, we just want to, we want to just to help you to take your next step, okay? We don't want you to walk out of here going, oh, got that, no. We want you to, to know what's next, to keep growing. And if maybe you don't have a phone with you, that's okay. You take the Get Connected card that you have with you at this moment, fill it out, take it out to the Help Center. We, we, we'll take it from there. But we want desperately to help you, okay, to take your next step. Oh, Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. Not just for those of us who know you, but, Lord, maybe those who walked in who didn't know you but do now. We're so grateful, so thankful for Jesus. And we love you so much. Thank you for Christmas. Thank you for Jesus. And it's his name we pray. Amen. Jason's going to take it from here. Merry Christmas.